Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and just chill as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise you is that we're going to do our best to make this conversation less than fascinating so that you can just sort of, I guess, drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep, as well as follow us at Listen and Sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And joining me is a co-host who happens to be a dear friend of ours, uh, both the Insomnia Project and a friend of mine and Nitties. Welcome, Nug Nargang, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Nug, one of the things that I remember distinctly is when we did our Nuit Blanche uh, exhibit, we had you on, and that's when it was the Insomnia Project, and uh, and what what a great time we had. Thank you for doing that. It was a ton of fun. Uh, that was really fun to do it at the Le Germain Hotel. Like, right. That was really fun. Yeah. And we had all those people sort of in the uh, lobby area just kind of chilling. A few of them fell asleep. <laughs> um, Nug, controversial topic. Sparkling water or still? What's oh your preference? Uh, I was always a still water person for the longest time. Okay. And uh, a few Christmases ago, I got a soda stream machine, and now I make my own sparkling water at home. We have one of those machines, too. For those of those listeners who might not be familiar, soda stream is this sort of contraption where it has a canister of CO2, mm-hmm. and then you fill a little, little jug or a little bottle with regular tap water. You screw it on the base, and then you depress the top, and it makes a loud thunderous noise well, you're you're decompressing a canister of compressed air so into your water yeah and then all of a sudden you have fizzy fizzy water carbonated water so mm-hmm. now you're you're a fan of that yeah and uh, i don't necessarily buy the uh syrups that they sell for it i right. kind of make my own i make the sparkling water and then i add uh, lemon juice or lime juice or a little bitters to it oh like what kind of bitters i have grapefruit and okay. celery and they're basically the same but it's just different herbs and uh, different flavors do you make those yourself or? no i buy them at there's a fancy bartending store here in toronto that i'll go to oh so it's like the stuff that they would mix in their alcoholic beverages yeah like angostura bitters is the right. one everybody knows but then there are different flavors and you can get them there's like a creole one that's spicy it's a chocolate Pichot. one is, is it Pichot? it's the one from louisiana oh, and they, they yeah. make it in the Oh, what is that cocktail from Louisiana? It's going to kill me because my bartender. So I think the one from Louisiana that's famous is called Pichot. I'm sure I'm saying it incorrectly. And they use it in the 
Mm, it'll have to come to me. Uh, it's a very famous New Orleans uh, beverage, but... Um, so you use those in the water? Yeah, just to give it a little different flavor. Like oh, a little herbal sure. thing. I, I like, I'm, I'll put it in with a little lemon juice, kind of make a little, or a lime juice, and I'll try it out. Oh. I'll, I have three bottles on the go, because mm-hmm. when you get it, you get like a, you can buy extra bottles. Right. So I'll have one plain, and one with lemon or lime, and one with the uh, bitters in it. Oh, cool. I'll try it that way. Cool. I um, have seen this a lot, like where they'll take strawberries and basil, and they'll infuse it in water. Yeah. Or... Watermelon and rosemary, mm-hmm. crazy little combinations like that. I just like I like my still my sparkling water. So if I have a bottle of Pellegrino, as is, yeah. no ice, no lemon, no lime, just give me the bubbles. My favorite thing right now is the Perrier does a grapefruit. Yes, and uh, they make an orange, and the pale orange and the pink of the of the caps right. look so the same. That when you try, and the orange one isn't as good as the grapefruit, mm-hmm. so you go and, oh, I see it in the fridge, and you go grab it at the store and buy it, and then you get into the car and go, oh, I got an orange. Right. When I was a kid, you know, sometimes you'd have, like, soda waters in the fridge, and your parents would have tonic water. Yeah. And I detested Ugh. the taste of tonic water. Oh, I'll do you one better. Okay. My folks have recipes mm-hmm. for how to make their own versions of alcohols no. at the liquor store. And for years, they would make their own... Tia Maria or their own Drambuie or their own Baileys and when we were young and we were living on the farm I would come home from school and here's a pitcher in the fridge of chocolate milk and I'm so excited I'm going to pour myself a glass of chocolate milk and I would sit with this glass of Baileys and I'm in like grade three I want to say right right sit with a cup a little Tupperware cup full of Baileys and I would sit and watch cartoons and drink this stuff it never occurred to me that it didn't taste right never occurred to me that there was booze in it so here I am three grade three what is that seven eight years old sure drinking a cup full of Baileys watching cartoons amazing (laughs) So your folks would make their own. Yeah, I, I found love this. I found their recipes the other night because my uh, my girlfriend it can't do dairy. Right. But my mom's homemade Bailey's recipe can completely be altered with a soy milk or an almond milk. So I think she can make an almond Bailey's or a, a a soy milk Bailey's. Your family should market that. I think they'd be millionaires. Could you imagine soy Bailey's or, or almond coconut coconut milk because it's all the rage yeah. now, right? I'll do you one better. So oh, let's do this. I often when I was a kid, would, would go to my grandparents' house, and they would have these little bottles of this Italian soft drinky kind of thing. It was, and they were tiny bottles. Not of Brio. Not Brio. They were called Bitter. Bitter. Yeah. And they were this beautiful, bright red, like a shocking red. And they would be in little bottles, so as a kid, you'd be like, oh, I gotta get one. So you'd pop off the cap, and you'd put, put, put it in, and it would fizz, and the top of the fizz, so when the Bubbles would rise to the top. Yeah. It would get really pink. And so you, as a kid, you're like, this is going to be the best drink ever. <laughs> but it was the most bitter. It's Campari and soda. Yeah, right. But it was without alcohol. So it was the same herbs that you would find in Campari and soda. But it would be but it would be um, this bitter drink that was non-alcoholic. So you could have it any anywhere. And as a child... It was a virgin Campari was, and soda. Well... As a child, it would be the most grotesque thing that you would have in your of mouth, right? Course. Because you would drink this bitter, bitter little tiny drink. It's like when you would find baker's chocolate in your grandmother's right. cupboard. And you'd think, I found chocolate. Right. And then you'd eat this and be, what a horrible trick my grandmother has played on me. But now I love the taste of Campari. And I can't help but think because as a three-year-old, I was drinking these yep. things, hoping to like it. And now I've acquired that taste. The, th- the interesting thing about bitter drinks 
and it's something I need to tell Nitty, who's always thirsty, is that if you have a bitter drink, it'll quench your thirst. Yeah. And more will. so than something sweet. Oftentimes we'll go to like, you know, a soft drink or whatever. That won't quench yeah. your thirst. Now, I drink a, when I did drink a lot of soda, mm-hmm. I would drink a Diet Coke, but not because I wanted the sugar-free version of Coke. Right. I find Coke too sweet. Right. I find Pepsi too sweet, and mm-hmm. I find Diet Pepsi too sweet. But Diet Coke doesn't have that sweetness ah. to it. I like the almost bitter like a like the brio right like a brio right. a brio is a canadian soft drink that is actually a quinotto which is an italian soft drink which is a very bitter herbal soft drink it doesn't it looks like a coke but it tastes it's far it's, different. it's it's more of an herbal thing yeah, it has like a really herbal taste to yeah. it so brio is the soft drink of canada an italian soft drink of canada mm-hmm. whereas quinotto would be what the italian so if you have a sampler in quinotto you would know what a brio is yeah. for our listeners who aren't. That um, alcoholic drink from New Orleans is called a Sazerac. Ooh. And I think it's an old uh, cocktail from New Orleans. And it has the bitter. And I think it's Pichot bitters. I'm sure I'm saying it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Nitty is my French expert, so <laughs> I'll have to ask her how. But if we'll try to get you um, those bitters oh, to try in your drinks. I'd like yeah. to try that. Yeah. I had a friend who actually went to New Orleans to try the Sazerac where it was born. And she was like... It wasn't as good as the way I make it. So <laughs> there you go. So you you grew up on a farm. I had I lived on a farm for a while. We bounced around uh, southwestern Ontario a lot when I was growing what up. What was the t- what's the town you're from? The town I spent most of my years in right. is Clinton, Ontario. Okay. And we moved. Uh, my we were on my mother's family farm for a while oh. when I was in about grade two and grade three. Right. Just outside, I could just I'll name these places please, and no one will know please, where they no, are. No, we probably have listeners there. Just outside of Newton, Ontario, not far from Millbank, Ontario. Just this side of Listowel, I could keep going, and you've never heard sounds exciting. So that's where I, and then uh, we moved to Milverton, and then we moved to Clinton, okay. where I did grade five through high school. And this is this is southwestern Ontario. Yeah, it's uh, towards uh, where uh, in Toronto, uh, your closest access point to the states would be Buffalo right. or Niagara Falls. Ours was Detroit. Okay, so uh, we were down towards uh, not too far from London, London Ontario, right. and Sarnia. Wow. So what, what is Clinton famous for, besides yourself? <laughs> Please. Uh, Clinton is uh, known for... Uh, in World War II, there was an Air Force base outside of Clinton, and it was the first place in Canada that radar was installed. Oh. And so that that place where radar was installed, uh, then when, when the war was over, they moved the radar dish into Clinton as a memorial thing in town. Okay. And then the Air Force base incorporated itself as a separate town. And that town's called Venastra. And Ooh. they don't want to be part of Clinton. They want to be their own town. Well, you can't blame them. But that town is in rough shape because all the old Air Force buildings are full of asbestos. Oh, no. And they don't have the infrastructure to take them down safely. And you certainly can't put apartments in asbestos-filled buildings. So there are these just these husks of old buildings oh, my goodness. all over this small town. In fact, it's, in, it's going to be featured on a CBC TV show called Still Standing, where they visit small towns and put them on the map a little bit to say this is what's happening in this town. And if Venastra would de-incorporate and become part of Clinton, the infrastructure would be there and they could get some money for it because the population would increase and we would get more funding from the government. But because they don't want to, it's not there. So they're stubborn, these Velastrians. <laughs> yes, Venastra people are very stubborn. Wow. But it's all an old Air Force base, and you can drive past it, and there's all the old barracks. That's And, and 
That's fascinating. This town exists. It sounds like it's on the verge of being a ghost town. It really is. It right. really is. I wanted to know, okay, so for listeners who who this is their first encounter with Nug, mm-hmm. Nug is a comedian, an improviser, a talented actor. Um, you also do a podcast. Uh, we'll get to that yes, in a moment. Yes. So you would be one of Clinton's favorite sons. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Uh, way back in the day, I just see the notes here, mm-hmm. but way back in the day, right. there's a famous Canadian theatrical show called The Farm Show. Okay. And a group of actors from Toronto's Theatre Pass Marais right. went to farms just outside of Clinton to live with the families and live and, and learn what it was like to live on the farm. I really love where this is going. And The Farm, the farm Show is a very famous play. And in the farm show, the family that they live with are the Lobs, L-O-B-B. And I went to school with a bunch of the Lobs. And in the play of the farm show, they talk about how a baby was born to one of the families and they didn't have a crib, so they pulled out a dresser drawer and that was the baby's crib. Right. And there's a, the, the process of building the farm show, that has become a play called The Drawer Boy. And that's named for the baby being born in the drawer. Right. That baby was my friend Lawrence that I went to high school with, was the baby. Well, hello to Lawrence. Hello, Lawrence Lobb. Thank you for that. That's a pretty awesome... So, would uh, Lawrence be a favorite son of Clinton? No, I don't, no. I don't think no, it's... Okay. A, well, Lawrence is probably a favorite for a different way. Anyone else that we would know from Clinton? I don't think so. Oh, yes, actually there is. Uh, when we were... Uh, younger in Clinton, mm-hmm. my friend Jeff, uh, his dad had a house, and we would be outside playing in the snow, throwing snowballs, and you know, across the corner, kitty corner to uh, <laughs> kitty corner to his dad was an old lady who'd get mad at us because we were making noise. The crotchety old lady, of yeah. course. And so we'd throw snowballs at her house sure. and run away. And years later, in my English class, we had to finish off a book, uh, and we were reading it all at the coffee shop. Right. And our teacher comes in with this old lady and Jeff and I are the old lady that you throw snowballs at yeah and the and Jeff and I are like oh my oh my god I can't believe that and he was like oh I see you're all finishing the book uh everyone uh, this is uh, Alice Alice Monroe the famous Canadian author and that was Alice Monroe who we used to throw snowballs at her house no and she lives in Clinton and she splits her time between BC and Clinton and she she just recently won a Nobel Prize and, for yeah and and you would throw snowballs I at her house. snowballs at her house oh, who knows? Perhaps those snowballs are what sort of were the, were, were the things that inspired her to write the short, if, short if novels. A, if there's ever a story in one of her books that's about a couple of horrible kids throwing snowballs, it's me and my friend Jeff. We need to get Alice Monroe and you together so that we can have a Clinton podcast. I don't know if she'll ever I remember listen. that, but that'd listen, be I'm sure. I'm sure. That's that's so. You know what? It's it, I love finding out. Who the famous people are from town? So it's oh, like yeah. you and Alice Monroe. I guess. I, if you want to say I'm famous, go ahead. I'm but, t- totally going to say you're famous. The, the closest other person to that area, uh, Seaforth, Ontario, is the home of Lloyd Eisler, who was one of the uh, figure skating champions. Yes. And uh, Exeter, um, Ontario, has which was south of Clinton, uh, as a man named Tim Long, who was a uh, Tim Long uh, is a writer and producer for The Simpsons. Was for a long time. Um, what about Keppel Disney? Oh yeah, it's Walt Disney's look, grandfather. Let's look at Clinton. Like, yeah, I need to take a trip out to Clinton, Ontario. So, Disney's grandfather was born in, in Holmesville, just outside of Clinton. Yeah. Wow. And it's uh, Holmesville is also the birthplace of the pitchfork. 
known as the Hay Fork at the time. Oh, there you go. Oh, my goodness. The <laughs> I know some that, little things about no, this. Listen, you know, the famous person, I, so I was born in North York, but I grew up in Mississauga, and then I spent my formative years in Woodbridge, mm -hmm. which is a town that is incorporated into the city of Vaughan. Yeah. But the famous person that's from Woodbridge is Elizabeth Arden. Oh, so both wow. I and Elizabeth Arden, and I think, do you remember Lisa DiBello? Vaguely, yes. She was a singer, and she had a song on called Black Black on Black, which was on the soundtrack to Nine and a Half Weeks. I don't know if you remember oh, that film. Which yes, was a I do. Very formative film for me when I was a kid, and you know, it had sexy scenes, and you had to yes, watch that did. Kim yes, Basinger and uh, Mickey Rourke, I Mickey believe. Rourke. Well, there you go. So well, that's who's <laughs> famous. But let's get to your podcast. So oh, you yeah. have this podcast that you've been doing for five, six, six years. Oh, coming up on six years. Six August years. August will be six years. And it is, I love this podcast because, A, some of the most talented uh, improvisers in the nation are on it. Yourself. Uh, Paul Bates and, and Lee Smart. And, and then you'll have guests. Yeah, we've had Colin Mockery. We've had Sean Cullen. We've had uh, Scott Thompson. Um recently had Pat Thornton on. Uh, we're doing a live show next week. We'll have Dan Redican from The Frantics, the Amazing. old Canadian sketch troupe. Sure. And Alice Moran, who's on Sunnyside, which of is course. on Canadian television. Uh, so we, rather than it be a sit-down style podcast, right. we perform, we improvise, and we record it, and we add sound effects and music and make it sound like an old radio show. But it's all in those science fiction vein. We found when we were improvising together. So, so let me just get this straight for our listeners. It is a improvised comedic show that is a radio play yes and its focus is science fiction yeah and illusionoid is a robot you, you yeah because you you guys you guys set it up so well yeah, if start. you if you think about the twilight zone or um tales from the crypt right they were small stories brought to you by a host so rod serling on the on the twilight zone right. or the crypt keeper so ours our show has little stories, but they're brought to you. Uh, the concept of the show is that they're sent from the future right. to now by the last surviving human being who's trying to tell you, stop this from happening, you can stop humanity from being destroyed. And we've said that humanity was destroyed by a supercomputer called Illusionoid. And so we have loosely said, these are the things that lead to the creation of Illusionoid. But it being comedy, none of it makes sense. If someone went to the trouble of trying to figure out if this all made sense, there is no way. It's the comedic Terminator. Yeah. You guys yeah. are terminating all other radio. <laughs> well, it's already radio. happened. Yep. It's Fair. already happened. Okay. Fair. In the future, so it's that's, done. That's the concept of the show. Yeah. But it's improvised, which, um, for our listeners, it's, it's, you, you don't have it scripted? No. We start with a title. Okay. Uh, we either flip open an old sci-fi digest from the 50s, or we have a listener send us a title, mm -hmm. and we start with the title, and we just go. Amazing. And... Uh, our listeners can find you, Illusionoid on iTunes. On iTunes, it's and this is all free. It's on Illusionoid uh, under Illusionoid on the iTunes. It is at Illusionoid.com. You can find us on Facebook under Illusionoid. Uh, we are on Twitter at Illusionoid Pod, and, and you can uh, submit a title, and we can we'll improvise the, that story. So our listeners can submit a title on at Illusionoid Pod. At Illusionoid Pod on Twitter or through the Facebook and just send and, it to us. And then you might be able to listen to your title 
in a future podcast. Of, yeah, of we Losing just Life. did one, and we have a listener, I think, from Washington State who uh, sent us one, and we did it recently. It was Betrayer of the Solar Knights. So we had no idea what the story would be, Amazing. but that's what we did. Now, one, one thing our listeners might not know about you, Nug, uh, is that you have a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> and uh, and Nitty's making a face like she... she so I've seen Nug perform on stage, and I've seen him do comedy, and he's brilliant. And I'm not saying that because you're my you're my guest here, but <laughs> you just are, and it's it's a fact, right? And um, I was surprised when I saw you in uh, Evil Dead the Musical, right? And I heard you sing as the part of Jake, and it, it, you know, when you see a performance on stage, and no one who will ever do that, you're like my Patty Lapone, okay? <laughs> so if I saw Patty Lapone in Evita, you or or Betty Buckley in Cats. Mm-hmm, yeah. You were that to me for Jake in in that show. That we sold the soundtrack mm-hmm. at the Toronto show right. of the Toronto uh, run of Evil Dead, and the soundtrack was recorded with the off Broadway cast from New York. Right. And people would buy the soundtrack and be disappointed I wasn't on it. Oh. So when people wanted me to sign it, I would tell them I wasn't on it, and right. they were stumped. They couldn't believe. Right. Yeah, not to not to sound nationalistic, but I think the tr- the Toronto um, soundtrack should have been recorded because you, you guys were it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah you you're great. But on that point, you're going to be in the Fringe in a show called Songbusters. Yes, and it's a, kind of a mix of those two things because the entire show is improvised. We get a location, mm-hmm. and that is it. So he might go to you in the front row and ask, "What a what's a fun location where a lot of people hang out?" And you would say, um, "Let's say a rickety bench." Great. With the whole show will take place on or around a rickety bench, and we will. Our music director will play a song. We don't know what he's going to play. We all come out and sing. We have stories and people and characters, and then we, 45 minutes later, we have an ending. Amazing. And if for anyone who's in Toronto this summer during Fringe, yes. you can go to FringeToronto.com. Yeah, our, and, I think we run from the June 29th to, I want to say, July 10th. Do you know what theater you're in? We're at the Randolph Theater. Oh, that's great. Which is right beside Honest Ed's, mm-hmm. which is where Fringe headquarters is, where they have a big beer tent. So, so we're right there. We have prime location. I would definitely say check it out. And if you want to see more things that Nug's doing, you can follow him on Twitter at Nug13. Yes, Y3G13. Because I couldn't just have Nug. Okay. And then everybody put numbers. But oh. the 13, 13's always been a lucky number for me. So I just went with, I should probably change it. I should probably no. use Because a number makes me look like a fake person on Twitter. So I think I'm, I might be changing, but that's what I'm saying. I always love when you get an email from someone and they put the year of their birth and they did it back in the day. And yeah. so it'll be like, you know. Sarah James, 1973, or like, <laughs> like uh, oh. or or when you get a, an email from someone and they have a clearly they had set up this email when they were in high school or university and it's so not appropriate anymore. Oh, of course, I my my email uh, is just something I whipped off one day and then I realized this is not professional in any way. But it's not hard to go get another email now. But at a certain point, you're like, I'm not going to do it because everyone knows. Everyone me. knows this email now. If you could sing a duet with any singer, living or dead, and it doesn't have to be comedic because you have yeah. a beautiful voice and, and the fact that you have the skill to be able to do it during imp- improvised music is quite great. But it's tough to say because mm-hmm. I like so much, like so many different kinds of right. music. So the first two names that popped into my sure. head when you said that are wildly different. Right. But uh, 
I think Annie Lennox is one of oh, those. Amazing. But I also think Dolly Parton is one of those. Yeah. You do know I'm a huge Dolly Parton I, fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. So um, if you could cover one of her songs. <sighs> Dolly? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because Jolene's pretty good. Yeah. But um, 9 to 5, like, I yeah, mean, it's all the awesome. good stuff. Have you, have you heard her co- cover version of Shine? Yes. Heard so by brilliant. Collective Soul. So brilliant. That is so good. We were talking before we recorded the podcast of different covers Cover and songs. how some covers are just better than the originals. Yeah. Or... Well, and then I blew of my friend's mind the other day because everybody knows uh, Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Right. But nobody knows that's a cover. Oh, is it? So the song was originally done by a band called uh, Edna Swap. They're called okay. Edna Swap and their album was called Wacko Magneto or something like that. Right. And their version it's like a female lead singer and it's almost like a metal band and it is a wonderful version of that song and then there's just an acoustic version with their lead singer the Annie Previn is her name singing Torn and it's Far better, far better, wow. the leagues better than the Natalie and Brilliant one. We'll have to look that. We'll have to definitely look that. That's really good. My goodness, um, what, what if you could sing a cover? What cover would that be? Uh, I really like. I really like really old country, like right. the old country yeah. music, yeah. super old country yeah. music. So, I don't know. Give me a Hank Williams. Hey, good looking. What sure. you got cooking? I like sure. that a lot. Um, in the car right now, I am singing along to what would be called yacht rock. Oh, Which this. is, Yacht Rock is like late 70s, early 80s, Steely Dan, right. kind of like Christopher Cross, like anything you would listen to while speeding across the ocean on your Amazing. boat. And uh, I'm listening to a lot lately of a song by uh, the Little River Band called Cool Change. Okay. It is one of the most terrible songs ever oh. written because the lyrics are like literally at some point in the song the lyrics are the albatross and the whales they are my brothers like it is probably the worst right. but you sing it at the top of your lungs it's got a killer sax solo in the middle of it it's the best worst song we need to get you to do uh, an album I mean, you don't call it an album anymore but <laughs> like in a CD of the worst covers <sighs> like the worst songs as covers and just make them awesome <sighs> and we'll get Alice Monroe to like do an intro. Remember how they used to have she intros? Liner notes. <laughs> Get her to do my liner notes. <laughs> that would be so great. Well, listen, Nug, thank you so much for coming oh, on thanks today's for show. Me. Uh, we had the absolute pleasure of having Clinton, Ontario's favorite son, <laughs> not to be mistaken by Clinton, Clinton, Ontario's favorite daughter, Alice Monroe. Alice we Monroe. have had the pleasure of having Nug Nargang here on the Insomnia Project. Thank you, Nug. Thanks for having me. You can follow him at Nug13. That's N-U-G-13. Check out his podcast, Illusionoid, on iTunes, illusionoid.com, or follow it at illusionoidpod. As always, we're produced by Drumcast Productions, and today's podcast was recorded in Toronto. Toronto.